Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hot, isn't it? Hot enough for yeah. Do you think what I'm wearing is acceptable? Well, I can just see a t-shirt. What have you got on your bottoms? Very baggy trousers. Oh, okay, yeah, it's fine. I went to um, I went out to something last night. It was it wasn't um, yeah, it wasn't the Lord Mayor's dinner or anything like that. It wasn't everybody else was wearing white tie, but I was very similarly attired to this, and I thought I look a bit too much like a paparazzi photograph of a formerly famous person who has had some terrible fall from grace and is pictured putting out the bins or something human. I think I've got that kind of air to how I'm dressing at the moment. That's not an evening look that most people go for. No, no, no. no. But it was my day look and I couldn't be bothered changing. Ah, Okay, okay. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, baggy clothes, baggy clothes in this uh, this heat. And the heat wave is coming. Yep. This weekend. Um, Not sure that it's going to be all of the country, but certainly where... I am, and you are. What's it going to be? 30 degrees. Celsius. Celsius, yeah. I'm so proud at the growth you have shown because you used to be one of those people who insisted on giving hot temperatures in Fahrenheit mm. so that the number got as close to 100 as you You got more excited the closer to 100 yeah, yeah. it got. You know, I trained myself out of it. Good. Yeah, I, Good. I, I, li- I actually trained myself to Good. not do it anymore. That's what we've done as a nation over mm. the past 50 years yes, as well, well and for, for the better. I mean, some people still say centigrade. Oh, no. I hate that word. No, no, no. That's a made-up word, isn't it? It's for people who always, oh, oh, I don't like the Celsius. It's a bit of a funny word. Can we not have one that's a bit easier to understand? It's got grades in it. Yeah. Yeah, centi- centi- yeah, grade, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although I have noticed that um, the BBC have started putting Fahrenheit in brackets after things. Really? Yeah. I who th- for? Like me well, 10 years ago? Well, <laughs> I, I wonder if um, they're worrying about balance. Balance. Do you not think, like, in the way that everything has become politicised, hmm. Celsius and Fahrenheit has become politicised? Now, I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying that this is important to everybody who voted one way or other in the referendum. But there, there is a subsection, I think, of people who voted for Brexit for whom it was important that we return to imperial weights and measures. Oh, and yeah. I guess you could bundle Fahrenheit into uh, that, even though it's not strictly the same thing. Okay, yeah. It's the good old British way <laughs> right, right. of forecasting the weather. In the good old um, days, yeah. yeah. 
I, I think that that's a part of it. And I've, I've, yeah, I don't, certainly don't think um, it's crazy whichever way people voted in a referendum those years ago. But I, I have always thought it's quite bonkers to vote for something that affects many aspects of life based on you like inches and yards and furlongs and stones and mm. pounds and ounces and, mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, and that's been like a little bit of judgment that has existed within me. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend, uh, the government launched a consultation. You can fill it on online yeah. about what your feelings are on the reintroduction of imperial measure- measures. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So something that they're thinking about and thinking about how they should implement it and thinking about whether they should completely eradicate metric measurements or whether they should. And as soon as I saw this, I was so incensed, as so angry that straight away I got on there and started filling it in and writing stuff in the end, oh. any other comments boxes. Oh, oh wow. That's some of the strong opinion. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, I had so much sympathy for the people who want to bring back inches and yards. Why? Because I'm just as mad as they are. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's so offensive to me that you would use anything <laughs> other than the metric system. Now, of course, I do think I could apply logic to it. Yeah. That yeah. we got ten fingers. Mm-mm. Shouldn't we just be dividing things by a hundred? Yeah. It just it's easier, surely. Yeah. And you know, it's the way that most of the world works and anyway i'm not 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 going to get on my soapbox about it but it it really made me think about the way that you can sometimes see people who think differently to you about Mm. something as as being a bit oh those people Mm -hmm. loonies and then how much of that exists in yourself right as well yeah little learning little learning Mm. moment for me um i'll be looking up that survey though (laughs) It, I mean, the amount of things I don't engage in, mm, petitions, really that. important human rights things, I'm yeah, busy, yeah. not got time for that. <laughs> Bringing back inches, well, let me get on there and tell them what I think. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was there was that, and here I'm in my baggy clothes. And uh, Oh, I'll t- I tell you what I saw, but how long have we not been going for too long? Um, just before you turned up today, you were very punctual, I thought. Oh, I'm always around about 10 minutes late. Well, you're always 10 minutes late from yeah. the time we agree. Yes. But then you send um, you send me, you use the Waze navigation app to get here, Mm-mm. which you've used every week as long as we've been doing the podcast, I think. When I when should you, know the way, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's like none of, none of the cognitive mapping stuff has kicked in. <laughs> the, the, the traffic might I change. I know, I know, I know. Uh, you send me a text from that app, which mm. then... Tells me what time you're going to be here. Oh yeah, and usually, I guess because um, you you drive in a very idiosyncratic way. Mm. People think of um, maybe like a Hanna Barbera cartoon of an old lady very very slowly driving, like very close up to the wheel mm. as the roadrunner runs past. Mm-mm. That that's you, that's the way you drive. It's very accurate. So then I would add, always add a few minutes on. Oh, do you? Yeah. And, and it, it, it you don't al- think Waze knows me by now? <laughs> no, it almost invariably <laughs> slips by a few minutes, and it didn't today. Uh, somebody once said that I think I saw it on Twitter that that time that it gives you the estimated time arrival on Waze, it's really hard not to see that as a time to beat. Oh You're yeah, that's like, a, yeah, well, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll see about that. Well, I don't that. think it's that hard for you, <laughs> given the data that I've amassed over the past couple yeah, of years, few yeah, years. Yeah. Um, do you know that when you? I'm getting in the weeds here, but do you know that when you send me? 
that thing, mm. I can then see a picture of you on the map and your progress that you're making, yeah? A little car travelling, yeah. No, it's oh. it's like a little thing with a helmet and a sword. What? And I wondered if you'd chosen that. No, as if I'd choose that. Oh. A helmet and a sword. Not quite a Viking because it doesn't have horns coming out of it. I so. assumed it was a car you could see. No, I it's like a little a smiley face and you're, you're brandishing a sword. Oh, I need to check my settings. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so before before you got here, I was just like um, uh, doom scrolling, as they say, a bit, bit of Twitter, a bit of this, and I saw that there's an uptick in ivory sales. Is there? Mm. Um, now, I, ivory is banned from being sold. I think I don't know if it's everywhere, but certainly in many many places and frowned upon, and you know, elephants are protected in all these ways. And and to to get around it. People are describing the ivory that they're selling on eBay as bovine bone. Oh no! But by giving it a different name, they can get away with it. But it's terrible. Here, but here is what is confusing to me: mm. How would anybody know to search for bovine bone? Oh, I see when you put it into the search. So somebody has the bright idea oh, they won't let me sell my ivory on mm. uh, on uh, eBay. But um, if I describe it as bovine bone, they won't know. Maybe they get a newsletter. Well, the ivory, it, it, yeah. So an why, ivory why not newsletter. then just bypass eBay I, altogether? I don't know. It's really weird, isn't it? Fine bone. It's weird when you you know think that pianos in the first place were made out of ivory. Oh yeah. So that when when they're invented, these notes here, what can I make them out of? What's going to be the best <laughs> bit? What's the best thing to make these? Oh, <laughs> that bit on an elephant. <laughs> So that's weird. Yeah, very, yeah. And then, then when they go to their friend and say, so I've got this idea for a musical instrument, and I was thinking that these parts here, hmm. I'd, I'd make them out of elephants. Yeah. Why did that person not say, hmm. hang on a minute? Yeah. And then when when they got to the next stage, I don't know what the equivalent would have been of Dragon's Den in those days. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the equivalent of Deborah Meaden or um, Duncan Bannatyne should have piped in and said, I'm not thrilled about the elephants. <laughs> not thrilled about the elephant killing. Yeah. Is there possibly anything else you could use? Yeah, yeah. And for that reason, I'm out. Yes, I'm sure Deborah Meaden would say that. Yeah. You'd have thought yeah. so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, um, I was quite I was quite surprised mm. by that. It's not something you something you imagine at this point in history to be thinking, God, isn't it awful that we used to um used to kill elephants and make them into stuff rather than there's a large number of people out there thinking, how can I sell bits of elephant without being caught? <laughs> how do you discourage that behaviour? Mm. Do you have to put, you know, like on cigarettes, they put um, like horrible photos of what it does to the inside of people's bodies. Yeah. Could like every piano be sold with a grotesque picture of... Um, yes. Mm. Yes. Or just a nice picture of Dumbo or something. Oh yeah, maybe that maybe that'd be more effective, yeah. Now before we hear from our listeners, um, we should remind people of the email address, hello at adriftpodcast.com. We want your stories of failed human interaction. I tell you what I think a lot of our stories capture. When we're on holiday, there was some line dancing going on. Oh, yeah. And Sarah likes dancing. So she was watching the line dancing and trying to suss out what the moves were at the same time as joining in. Right. And not quite succeeding. Right. 
now her being good at that stuff that that changed quickly and she was in the but i think what it is to be a drifter is that feeling of walking in halfway through a dance with actions mm, mm. and trying to suss out what the actions are without anybody <laughs> having told you yes that's a lovely description so your stories which capture any occasion in your life where you've had that feeling is is what we're always after. Also, um, we'd like quandaries for Quandary Corner, which we'll be coming on to later, which is where you don't quite know what the rules are. We can we can try and suss those out for you in any social um, situation. And um, and then podications as well, right at the end of the podcast where we dedicate a podcast to somebody. Uh, if you would like any of those things or you can contribute uh, a story, then email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. First emails from Glenn, who writes, hello for the second time. You may recall back in episode 74, I was the drifter who misunderstood the customer looking for white cotton gloves in the men's department for his father. And I was a little lost for something to say and embarrassed myself by asking if the recipient was a snooker referee. And well, I soon discovered he definitely was not a referee as he had passed on. I have no memory of that, but I I love that. I do remember that funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. A long time ago, but I remember it. Well, you've set the bar high there. Well, you have. This other incident happened way before that, and I've been carrying around for years, many years, in fact. It was circa late 90s as I was in Paris, and the Eiffel Tower was showing a countdown of 999 days to the new millennium. Therefore, I guess this incident was two or three years before then. Actually, (laughs) 2.736986301369, years before. I'm guessing on my calculator. My French-Canadian friend was certainly the leading... The leading was certainly leading the communication between us and the Parisians, and I sheepishly let him lead whenever ordering, paying, and generally interacting with anyone we encountered. On the first day, we walked all over Paris, feet and legs hurting so much I crashed into bed. The next day, I woke up to a pounding headache and stinging tight skin on my face and neck, and realised I'd admitted to sunscreen up and had got caught out by the spring sunshine. I needed sunscreen and went to explain to my friend that I would need help to order it, thinking about how now it's ludicrous. I did not just go to the chemist and self-select it. But these are the facts. He was not going to drag himself up and to a chemist before coffee and breakfast. So I was forced to face this alien world alone. Now, this was not a high street chain store, more like a family run single shop akin to a two Ronnie sketch show, but with two ladies behind the counter. I had a very rudimentary grasp of the French language and even my mate was misunderstood in some quarters of Paris, often mistaken for being Belgian. This only made my encounter worse. OK, bonjour. So far, so good. Reply was echoed with extras that I could not fathom. I continued, je voudrais la protection de la soleil. Both assistants looked at each other, then at me again, and then muffled chatter to each other. Therefore, I didn't know what to do but repeat my inquiry. At this point, one of the ladies reached under the counter and handed me some condoms. Some French letters. <laughs> I blushed. They must have thought I wanted protection from a son. I left. They laughed. They still saw, but not as much as my pride. I think his pronunciation must have been very I'm so curious bad. to know what they think he wants, because the son does think doesn't quite work, does it? I don't know. Do you mean like a son has a father and son? Well, that definitely doesn't work. No. <laughs> so what 
Oh, what could it have been? I'd love to know what, what sounds similar to that. Yes. That could have led them to be like, well, he must want I'd like to get Glenn to voice note us. Yeah, so we can hear it. And then play it. And then, um, yeah, it's as he said it. And then yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Get any fluent French speakers or perhaps French listeners if we have one. Because mm, I'm guessing the pronunciation was yeah, quite, quite a bit something. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also made me think about how British people seem to think that you can only buy sun cream in this country at a, a price that isn't going to bankrupt you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what amateur makes a mistake of thinking, I'm not going to buy my sun cream, I'm going to get it when I'm on holiday. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. It, and you go to the shop and it's £30. <laughs> what? <sighs> okay. <sighs> right. Lindsay, I'm writing to share a moment of shame that I still lie awake at night and think about. It's one of those memories that's so horrible, I have to shake my head to get it out. When I was about 12, my siblings and I were friends with some local children, including a boy a similar age to us. We were great friends until we moved house and drifted apart, as you do, especially in the pre-social media age. A few years later, in my mid-teens, I'm taking the bus to school and hear someone call my name from the bus stop. It was our old friend. I was so happy to see him and immediately said, oh, I didn't recognise you. No big deal, you'd think. A number of years had passed. Puberty had hit us both and we changed. However, the reason this keeps me awake at at night, 20 plus years later, is that I said I didn't recognise you to him, having momentarily forgotten the fact that a couple of years previously, he'd been in a terrible, almost life-ending car accident, which left him with lifelong conditions to deal with and had significantly injured and scarred his face. And here I was, bringing it up within seconds of seeing him again. Because you can't then go, not because of the face. No, (laughs) no. The thing is, he was still absolutely recognisable as my old friend if he just spent a moment if I just spent a moment looking and not blurted out the first insensitive thing that had come to mind. This is one of the many reasons I rarely have a good night's sleep. <laughs> Lindsay, send us more reasons, please. Yes, <laughs> please do. Um, as I said before, we'd love to hear from you. The email address: hello at adriftpodcast.com. Yes. Let's have a. Uh, I just did that lip snack smacking thing. Do you hear that? I do that a lot these days. Oh. It's weird. It seems to be. I've developed it, but I can't quite figure out how to stop it. Okay. I want to apologise to the listeners. Mm. I'm sure it's very annoying. Um, let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Do you recall, not so long ago, maybe just a few weeks ago, I was telling you about the car which was in front of me on a narrow road and the driver who refused to yes, reverse? Yes, yes, yes. This was a, a very uh, stress-inducing <laughs> story. Yeah, because I had to direct traffic to sort the situation yes. out because there were so many cars behind me. Now, that felt like a freak incident. I've mentioned it to several people. That such a thing had never happened to them before. Like, who ever heard of someone refusing point-blank to reverse even though there was nobody behind them? It was a very strange situation. Well... This week, unbelievably, something similar happened to me again. Like, how has lightning struck twice? I told my boyfriend about it and his first reaction was, why do these things always happen to you? And then his second reaction was, what did you do wrong? He clearly believes that in both of these circumstances, I was at fault somehow. I must have been. Victim blaming. Well, yes. But he thinks I'm the common denominator here, so it must be me. Mm. I don't think I am. Here's what happened. I'm driving my son to preschool. I'm coming up to a big junction with traffic lights. As you approach it, the road goes from one lane to two lanes so that you can turn left, go straight ahead or turn right. 
The traffic this morning is quite bad and we're driving slowly towards the change into the two lanes. The car ahead of me decided it's far too slow for them and they can see a gap up ahead where it's gone to the two lanes. To get there, he would have to drive on the other side of the road where there are currently no cars coming. Now, the chances of me doing this, risking this, are so slim. But I don't think I'd even risk it if it meant that I was going to miss a date with John Travolta <laughs> and six piglets inside a gold bullion shop where they were doing a trolley dash later, for example. I'm very. Have you ever overtaken anyone? Once. <laughs> and it was a milk float. And it was my driving test. <laughs> and it happened to be going extremely fast. I was unable to overtake it. Oh. I had to press on the accelerator extremely hard, eventually did. And I heard a crash with some milk bottle smashing, carried on going, didn't look back, failed my test. Oh. That's another story. <laughs> I don't think I've done it since then. I will go so slowly just because... I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. When, when we rent, because I don't drive, but when we rent a car on holiday, I'm very happy just like lane hogging the slow lane. Just wait. Behind like some cattle transporter or I'm something. Like, fine, yeah. I'll yeah. just wait. Yeah. I'll just, I won't rush. But this driver in front of me, this is a very different kind of beast. Or perhaps his love for John Travolta and Piglets is stronger than mine, <laughs> and that's where he's off to. Because he pulls in to the other side of the road to drive up to the gap. As he does so, a car comes along from the other direction, blocking his way, and then another, and then another. Meanwhile, the lights ahead for us have turned red and nobody's moving, so he is stuck on the wrong side of the road. He has made a terrible, humiliating mistake. The kind of mistake that if I had made it in some extremely unlikely situation, I would be immediately tearing up my driver's licence and burning in my car. This driver is of a different mindset. Now he could quite easily reverse back to where he came from and out of the way because I haven't moved forward to take up the space he'd left. But he's decided that he is in the right to be there on the wrong side of the road, despite the evidence being so to the contrary. I think even the refuse to reverse man would balk at this. <laughs> now, despite it being so clear he's in the wrong, I start panicking that it must be my fault. It must be something that I've done wrong. I haven't left enough space. Or maybe he'd glanced at me in his rear view mirror and been so irritated by the way that I drive with my hands clenched to the wheel and my face very close to the windscreen that he just had to get away and couldn't possibly look back. So I edge back a bit in case he feels like there's not enough room. And I have some sympathy here because I'm not the world's greatest parallel parker. And the car in front also edges forward a bit because they also want to help. He still refuses to move. <sighs> and now there's a long line of traffic that he's blocking and there's a lot of beeping and it's rush hour and it's all just totally unbelievable. He doesn't move until our lights ahead go green and we can finally move. And then he just goes back into his lane. Like, it just, I just I imagine if he hadn't let him, like I hadn't let him. I like, don't worry, I did. But it just amazes me that anyone could be like this. Like, to have this kind of single-minded, only I matter confidence. Even when I'm crossing a zebra crossing, I break into a jog because I worry that I'm wasting everyone's time if I walk. <laughs> Do you do that? No. You don't jog across a zebra, you just walk. Yeah, a bris- a walk briskly. Oh, briskly. Can you imagine like, brisk walking walk. slowly? <laughs> I break into a jog because I'm like, oh, don't I don't waste saunter. Okay. I'm not like, don't do it like I'm teaching the motorists a lesson. You're right, right. My world, yeah, yeah. you just drive in it. Yeah. I, don't, I can't understand that okay. mentality. But, you know, I, 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 I like following a rule to the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it probably was just my fault. <laughs> I just don't know how, but it, it probably was. Do you know what would be fun? Mm. If we sent you for a driving test. Oh, what? And I'd fail? Just to see if you would pass or fail. No, 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 don't want to do that. Okay. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Would you say that that tendency you described in Tom mm. to assume something <laughs> is your fault yeah. is... is the most annoying thing about because we all have things in our partners that they're just sort of great no it's probably it's the um just keep on adding to the bin and pressing it down more and more so that it's impossible to yes. get the bag yeah, out yeah, yeah, the yeah. water all over the floor they're, mm. they're probably my top two i've got a new one with sarah that i've noticed it's, it's always um you know, i think often with these things they've annoyed you for a long time but it's only when you manage to put it into a tangible thought mm. then you start noticing it it drives me insane with her oh yeah we're out somewhere, mm. I notice something, I say, oh, look over there. Mm. And the pace at which she turns to look is so slow <laughs> that she often misses it. Right. You know, we'd be having a pub lunch and her back is to the road or something. And, um, you know, I'll say, oh, look at what she's wearing. <laughs> and she'll finish cutting up whatever she's cutting and put it in her mouth and then turn oh. around and that person has gone. Oh. Like, why? You need to look now. Yes. You need to speed and discretion are the, the 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 two factors there. Have you mentioned it? Yes. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said you should talk about it on the drift. Just <laughs> why I am. Um, it's that bit of the podcast where I've just got like a, a bunch of things that I've scribbled around that scribbled down that I haven't given enough thought to. Oh, um, here's the thing. Hmm. So I don't know if you would think of me as a, a glass half full or a glass half empty person. I don't know. Oh, I've never thought about that. I guess, I guess half full. Yeah. Really, you think yeah. about it? yeah? Because I'm worried yeah. that because I'm you know I'm anxious and yeah. depressive. I worry that that makes me a pessimist, which I hope I'm not. Um, and then I think, well, I'm neither optimistic or pessimistic. I'm just a realist, which thinks an annoying thing to say because mm. everyone thinks they're a realist. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. I've come to the realisation that I probably am an optimist. And, and the, the, the way I've learned this is when I get a parcel from Amazon or wherever mm. and I look at it and think, oh, I could probably open that without getting scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go at it like a raccoon. <laughs> it never goes well. I'm then scrabbling around to find a key or something like that <laughs> rather than walk a few extra metres and get the scissors from the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not exactly sure which drawer they're going to be in on a, a, any given day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but if I was a realist or a pessimist, I'd look at that box and think, oh, there's no way I can open that without scissors. <laughs> that can get the scissors, yeah. That's but, true, yeah. But, but the optimist in me thinks, it's only a bit of tape. How hard can yeah, it be? sure sign. Yeah. yeah. So that was something I've been thinking about. And then... As I was scribbling that down before you arrived today, I thought, have I talked about that on a drift before? Because mm. that thought occurred to me a few weeks ago. And I have no idea what I have and haven't talked about on the podcast. And the reason for that is that in life, something will happen to me. And I'll think, great, I can put that into my conversational repertoire 
for the next little while. Mm -hmm. Now, that could include the podcast. It could include any work meetings I have to go to mm -hmm. or any social interactions I have, I have for that next period of time. Mm. And I really need to start keeping a log of what I've used and where. Oh, in case you start repeating yourself. Yes. yes. Because a conversational log. I don't think uh, most people think like this. I don't think I think so. most people just have lots of original thoughts and things that occur to them or little stories. I mean, I'll be honest, I think that a lot of people could put a bit more work into thinking about whether something is a story or mm. not. I think the number one thing I say in life is, have I said this already? Have I told you this before? Yeah, yeah I've got yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, so there was that. What else was I going to tell you about? <laughs> it shows how little has happened to me this week. It's it's almost um, kind of pandemic level of conversation that I'm bringing <laughs> to the podcast this week. But um, oh, I'll tell you what, I could give you a story and I'll give you something that I saw on TV the other night. Mm -hmm. So I was flicking through the channels the other night and I saw there is a channel that shows repeats, not exclusively, but it seemed to be shown a lot of them, of the late 80s, perhaps early 90s, Granada sitcom Watching. Oh, remind had Lisa me. Lisa Tarbuck in it. Yeah. And then it was set in Liverpool, I think. And it was a geeky guy who was into bird watching. And um, his sassy Liverpudlian girlfriend. So it was maybe a square had got together with a party girl. Her interests mm, were being okay. partying and his interests were bird watching. I mean, I remember very little about it apart from the theme music, which the lead actor sung herself. Okay. And put it this way, she's, she's no Dennis Waterman. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and I saw that and I got the, the rush of nostalgia thinking, I'll remember that. And it's a show that pops into my head from time to time. But I didn't, I didn't then select the channel. Do you know why I didn't? Why? Because I know what would happen. What would happen? You put it on. Yeah. And you think, oh, this isn't as good as I remember it being. There's, there's never any other alternative. They're never like, oh, this is, this is as good as I remember. Or this is even better than if I remember. If it's one of the greatest things of all time, mm. then there's a chance that that happens. Anything else has aged badly. That's just how it goes. Can I, tell, can I give you an exception to this rule? Go on. The Britass Empire. I think, I think they also show repeats of the Ritter. I remember there. watching that as a kid and then for something on the radio show ages ago, I had to re-watch the first episode. I was surprised how good it was. Oh, well, maybe, maybe you'll prove me wrong because then I'm thinking, if you're the channel that is buying in repeats of watching, mm. presumably everybody, your only chance of anybody watching it is seeing it in the guide thinking, oh, remember that. And then they select it and think... <laughs> oh, actually, this uh, this doesn't age well. And then they never watch it again. Yeah, yeah. So why would you even bother showing the whole series? <laughs> or is your business model getting people in for 15 minutes before they bail on it and think, uh, this not Enough, enough age for well. one hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so intrigued. Mm. Or are people thinking, yeah, I'd like to watch that again. I don't find it funny, but it reminds me of being young and uh, distracts me with the fact that I'm closer to death now. I, mean, I don't know. Purely nostalgia purposes, maybe, yeah. But nostalgia only gets you so far, doesn't mm, it? Mm. Anyway. Um, and then, okay, little story then. So then I know this is all uh, this is all thin gruel. Sarah is doing lots of previews of her Edinburgh show at the moment. Mm -hmm. And... I sort of once, uh, maybe not quite once a week, but certainly every every couple of weeks, I'm going along, uh, having a look how it's coming on, and then just um, letting her know any thoughts I have, okay. which she can then ignore <laughs> as she as sees fit. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, so the, the other night we we both leave together to go to this preview, and someone else is doing one beforehand, and I just don't have the will to sit in a room with eight people because these things can often have tiny audiences watching a comedian I'm not married to work stuff out on stage. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, I will take myself out for a nice dinner. And then when it's time for you to do your preview, I'll turn up. Great. Which is what I do. Mm-hmm. Sarah texts me as I'm reaching the end of my dinner saying, no, we're running a bit early. Uh, you might want to head over now. So that's for the bill. And she texts again saying, I've let the people on the door know that you're coming. I think, great. So I turn up at the the place close to where we both got off the bus together. And... The uh, the young woman who is in charge of the door, it, it oversells it to call it a box office. Right. So a woman with a clipboard. She says, oh, are you here for Sarah? Mm-hmm. I say, I am, yes. She went, oh, okay, there's just um, there's just a, a, a few of you. Um, just I'll let you in a second because she's actually just started. Oh. I think that's weird. She was texting me one minute ago, mm. um, but but fine. So I'm getting restless at this point because I'm there to watch this show for her to be able to give her notes that it's happening without me mm-hmm. me being in there. And I can see people milling around. So I sort of head towards the door and she says, I'm sorry, we can't let you in until there's a, a suitable break to let a few different people in. But let me just check your name um, while we're waiting. I think this is weird. You know that I'm here for Sarah because you mm-hmm. asked me on the way in. Mm-hmm. So I say, okay, yeah, it's Jeff. And I'm perhaps a little bit abrupt with her. Yeah. And she looks down the, the list and she says, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't got a Jeff. Mm-hmm. And so the, the second name is Lloyd. So then she's looking down, she's going, no, no Lloyds either. And and I perhaps with a bit more shirtiness than I like to have in my voice. Mm. And I'm conscious that I'm going to sound like a dick by, by saying this. I go, um, yeah, I mean, I'm Sarah's husband and she's expecting me. And the woman looks at me so confused and says, I'm pretty sure that Sarah's a lesbian. What? What? I say, and I don't even say anything. I mean, I don't say, I'm pretty sure she's not. (laughs) I'm so taken back. And then she says, you are here for Sarah, and then surname of a completely different comedian. Oh. Oh. She thought you were some kind of stalker. Yes. <laughs> a man Lying. pretending to... Uh, no, I know. So, oh. so slunk out with my tail between my legs. But yeah, I'm, I must be on some list now. <laughs> yeah, they put sometimes in places, they put pictures of people up behind the bar. Yes, yeah, yeah. I wonder if I'm going to be on a picture behind the bar in that place. <laughs> I wonder if my picture has been circulated on a WhatsApp group. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that. Could really you tell you what I could do with it at this point? Mm. Just just a way of wrapping this bit of conversation up because mm-hmm. it was like a bunch of loose threads, mm. none of them really deserving of a place in the podcast on their own merit. That I was hoping by bundling them into something uh, would be more than the sum of the parts. Potpourri, I call it. Yeah, potpourri. Mm. Yeah, um, lovely smelly potpourri. Mm-hmm. I can't link potpourri to anything we've said <laughs> previously. I'm desperately thinking how I can. Uh, I can wrap this up. I mean, often I find like you'll just say a little bit of something that gets us out of these bits, but it's not. Oh, really, but I didn't. So, it's not really happening at this point, mm-hmm. is it? Um, so we just leave it at an awkward silence. Yeah, or yeah, we pretend there's a fire alarm and we have to evacuate <laughs> the house. Come back in again a minute later. <laughs>
Oh, sorry about that, listeners. We just had to um, we just had to pause the podcast there because one of the smoke detectors yeah. uh, was going off. Yeah, but yes. It turned out to be nothing. Yeah, it's all fine, isn't so, it? So yeah, let's yeah. carry on now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Quandary Corner. <laughs> and we're, we're after some of these, Yes, right? please. Yeah, yeah, need some more. So the first one's from Anon. My quandary is about a couple of friends. When you like one partner a lot more than the other. I've got a very close friend, let's call him Steve, who I've known for the best part of 10 years. He's the kind of friend who will help you move house and gives you lifts at short notice. Basically an all-round good bloke. My husband also gets on well with Steve and we have other mutual friends in common. So we'd often have dinner parties with Steve and or a few other people around. About six months ago, Steve introduced us to Becky, who he'd been on a few dates with. Becky and I got chatting and found we had a hobby in common and I was really pleased that Steve had met someone and made him happy. We double dated a few times and it was a little awkward. All four of us are socially inept, but I thought this would get better with time. However, as time passed, it became clear that Becky and I just didn't click. No particular reason and there wasn't a big falling out, but we just struggled to keep a conversation going unless we talk about the one hobby we both enjoy, which gets a bit tiresome. My husband has even less in common with her and he finds it hard to know what to talk about with her. Regardless of this, Steve keeps pushing for the four of us to do things together, often all day things like a trip out somewhere, and I don't know what to do. Both my husband and I work unsocial hours, so it's hard to give up a whole day when we know it will be hard work. Steve also seems besotted with Becky and vice versa, so I don't think they're likely to break up anytime soon. Do I power through and try my hardest to make it work with Becky because of what a great friend Steve has been over the years, or should I accept that we've drifted apart? Thank you for your help with this. And if the question is, should I be a drifter? I think mm. on this podcast, you, the answer is always is going to be always drift, tend towards the drifting, isn't it? And the drifting would be just to put up with it, keep saying yes. Oh, no, 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 no. I was saying oh. um, just just phase her out. Oh, I see. You don't address it. Right. No, 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 no. You just stop saying yes to as many things, stop making ever more elaborate excuses to why you can't do something. So the husband and Steve, mm. they're still going to see each other independently, right? Well, and her and Steve. I think Steve's more of her friend. So, oh, mm. and I think they weren't seeing. Oh God, it's, it's like it's Becky or nothing now. That's hard. Yeah, because yeah, like he's really a nice hard. friend. Yeah, I was thinking, is there something you could bring to these get-togethers to make it more enjoyable? Well, like Uno or something like that. Well, I was. I mean, that was the vaguest of the ideas. So conversation just... cards, Uno, something that you can do together that doesn't involve conversation. Like how you're talking about karaoke. Anything that involves you not having to talk to her. Mm. So you, I know, whenever he suggests doing a thing, say, I can't do that, but do you want to go to the cinema? Should we all go to the cinema? I can't do that, but should we all go to karaoke? Anything I can't we haven't go got to a talk. restaurant, but I can go to the cinema. I can't come to your house, but I can go bowling. I mean, anything that's an activity. How about, how, but how are you justifying that? Oh, we'll get in there first. You do all the inviting. Oh, so... I really, I'm desperate to do this film. I'm desperate to go bowling. I'm desperate to do these things. It's, have you got a way of like acquiring her password so <laughs> you can always ask Steve to do stuff at times when you know she's otherwise engaged? Oh, yes. It just gets it into her Google calendar. I mean, he'll work that out eventually. I mean, I, this is a very familiar situation to me. Oh. Do you not find... I, I can... All, I mean, not, there's, there's, a, there's a couple, I guess... But I can think of very few friends who are couples where I enjoy each of their company equally. Well, I think there's a, you're not going to, just because you like what a friend doesn't mean you're going to like their partner. I think yeah. and, that's and, a polite and, way of saying yeah. it. <laughs> I think like, more often than you'd hope, I dislike their partner. Mm -hmm. 
And then usually their partner's fine, but if they weren't with my friend, mm. they're somebody I would never spend time with in a million years. Mm -hmm. And very occasionally, um, somebody is with someone great. And even more occasionally, I end up liking the partner more than my friend in the first place. Okay, yeah. But that's that's roughly how the distribution of that goes. I think that sounds normal, yeah. So this is something we're all going through. <laughs> yes. So then it depends on your ability to to suffer the company because i i also think there can be i'm not saying there always is but there can be like a, a, a gender dimension to this where so i'm thinking of a friend of mine who is a guy mm. who both my wife and i think is the greatest and my wife finds his girlfriend challenging company mm-hmm and so how do you get around this? So then often what happens, say if, if they come over mm. and like we go for a walk, you know, we all got kids, so we, we, we just walk to the park with the kids. Mm -hmm. the, um, my, my wife gets stuck talking to the girlfriend, mm -hmm. whereas I get, and then I get the good one to myself. Right. I mean, arranging a shift system between you and, was it a boyfriend or husband? Husband. husband. What about, you could, you could do something where I've got one to give or something. I've got do yeah. invite him to do things where it's just just him. And then every now and then do something with Becky as well so he doesn't like catch on. Yeah, yeah, it. no, you know there's a, probably a ratio, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four things with Steve. Yes. And then one you have to include yeah, Becky. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the lowest you could get away with, mm, mm. I think. But often um if <laughs> like often it's the case that we'll be going somewhere and I'll say to Sarah whatever happens, you need to make sure that I'm not sat close to this person. Mm -hmm. Or um, it doesn't go, you, the good one, some kids in between, mm. me and the bad one at the far end. Oh, yeah, you could do stuff with other people as well. That that waters it down. Oh, God, I mean, it makes it worse. Mm. I mean, just the more people... For, for me, anyway, I know that's not the case for everybody, but the more people, the, the worse it gets. Okay, okay. I want to see one person. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see anybody, mm -hmm. but if I do, I want it to be one person. Mm. And I quite like it being two-on-one, so it's me and Sarah, so that they can do all the conversational heavy <laughs> lifting, and then I could just, yeah, maybe... Um, uh, maybe just tell them something about my uh, my Amazon parcel <laughs> optimism or yeah. <laughs> whatever every now and again. I don't think we've done a very good... Well, I think we've, we've given out a lot of suggestions. I think they just had to pick and choose which yeah, one they like. Yeah. I, think, I think you and um, Anon's husband, Anon and Anon's husband, mm. need to work out a system whereby if you're seeing the both of them, there's some kind of rotation that goes on. That means you don't just get stuck with Becky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. So every half hour, yeah. you switch places or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. When one of you gets... So every half hour, one of you gets up to go to the toilet, mm -hmm. at which point the other one slides across into the other chair yeah, and then stays there. I like the this. I've okay. got a timetable. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. there we go. Right. Next one is from Sir Michael of Nash Vegas. Bit of background. Michael lives in Nashville, Tennessee. He used to Nashville, did I say it wrong? Nashville, Tennessee. I'm saying it wrong. You sound like Nashville. 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 But whenever I say, Nashville. what did you say? You say Nashville perfectly. Because <laughs> I, it's just I've done it I wrong. I don't like to pull you up on these things. I know. But... I know it's not Nashville. Obviously, I just said it wrong because like most things, I'd let it go. But it was so odd. <laughs> it was such an odd one. I know it's not Nashville. Okay. Michael lives in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> 
He used to listen to the old radio show until he changed jobs in 2012 and he couldn't listen to internet radio at work anymore. But he's recently rediscovered us in the podcast and here is his quandary. Oh, okay. I've been listening to your podcast backwards, starting at the most recent episode and working my way back in time. This is because this is the default setting of my podcast player. And since yours has been the first podcast I've really listened to for more than a few episodes, I've been too lazy to change the setting. Oftentimes in your podcast, you reference things that happened in previous episodes because that's how normal humans perceive time. And while it had been fun for me to treasure hunt for the origins of these references as I listen backwards. Treasure. (laughs) It's more more like I'm unclogging a toilet. (laughs) I had another thought that I'd get more out of it if I instead went chronologically. So recently I went back to the initial episodes of 2017 and started going forward. But as we know, that was pre-pandemic. And since then, everything has changed. changed. Add to which, when a new episode drops, I find that I can't wait to listen to it because I do like to keep up on current events. So now I'm stuck in a frustration situation. How many people listen to this podcast to be kept abreast (laughs) of current events? Well, maybe it's the current events of Jeff. (laughs) So I'm now stuck in a frustrating situation of burning the candle at both ends. Or perhaps a better metaphor might be eating a submarine sandwich from both ends and every week eating a new bit of sandwich that was added to one end. My question is, how best to consume your podcast or any similar podcast? Should I continue to time hop a la Marty McFly or just pick one direction and go with it? This is a very interesting question, isn't it? Not with regards to us, because I think like with regards to our podcast, I'm so grateful that anybody, I am genuinely grateful that anybody takes the time to listen to this. Mm. It's it's, um, a humbling, slightly baffling thing and I thank you for it. But you don't need to, you know, if you've just found it, listen to this one. Wait till next week. There'll be another one. Every now and again, you'll get a bit of respite from it because we'll have a week off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that often, but every, every now and again. And I think that's the way to consume this podcast. Yeah. I get very overfaced when I hear about a podcast that isn't brand new. And then I go and look at the episodes and think, well, what, what do I do here? How do, how, where do I start? Where do I start? Well, now, it's easy if do. it's interviews. Mm. Because you, you either think, oh, I'm interested in that person or I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it can be easy if it's subjects. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh, yeah, that seems I'm like interested an interesting in subject. But something like this. Yes. I don't know. Sometimes it's obvious as well because it's like a, maybe a crime documentary. So, of yeah. course, you start from the beginning. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea to what he's doing now, which is a bit, bit of both ends. Well, from a, yeah, a bit of both ends. Yeah, yeah. But then, and eventually, you'll meet yourself. Yes. Although when you've been doing... I mean, it's nearly five years for this one, isn't mm. it? So I don't think social norms have changed too much in that time. I, d- I hope that I'm not saying anything on in 2017 that would get me uh, in trouble. Oh, okay. In 2022. Right, right. Yeah. I think we'd be fine with that. Mm. I think if you went further back, it might, mm. might be a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Which... You know, I hold myself accountable and, you know, understand that I'm a product of whichever culture I'm living in at the time. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's what I yeah. would do. But I, don't, I don't think there needs to be a strict rule. It's whatever you want to do. And no. I think that's what I would do. I would, I would probably start the beginning and then and listen to the new ones as well. Yeah, I guess so. I just think, like, I wonder at what point we start to grate. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. 
And I don't, I don't want people to email in with the answer. To no, no, question. we don't need. We I don't, don't need want to know. know. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, three months in for me, <laughs> six months for me, two days for me. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. Okay. All right. I think we've, uh, I think we've uh, covered that. Mm-hmm. We've basically just told you to carry on as you are. Yeah, you were doing that. Your instincts were right. Yeah. yeah. Um, send us your quandary for Quandary Corner. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> That was our podcast. Thank you for listening. And I won't do all the usual credits and things because Annabelle's time is about to run out on the parking meter. <laughs> oh, no, Annabelle. It's oh, a long podication. That's all right. That's all right. How many minutes over are you? If I get a parking ticket, I'll... Uh... I'll invoice it to the... No. Really. Do you want to go and stand by the window and then <laughs> no. shout your bits? <laughs> okay. Uh, this comes from Michelle Cheeseman, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. I'm writing to you from Buffalo, New York, and I would like to podicate an episode to my wonderful husband, Joe. He's written to you a few times, as has his mum, Sharon... No, I know exactly we know who, who you're talking, talking about. about, yeah. And his stepdad, Matt. Same again, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the three of them, but particularly Joe, have been instrumental in my emotional growth. If he listens to this podcast, I'm surprised it's not emotional shrinkage. Um, Joe has been gently suggesting I listen to podcasts for years pre-COVID, and it took me until about a month ago, post-COVID-ish, to finally jump in. Listening has shown me that I'm not the only one that goes out of my way to avoid a coffee shop or two or three. Maybe I'll submit those in a separate email. Please yes, please do. do yes. As a speech therapist, you would assume social interaction is effortless for me and come natu- comes naturally. This is just not the case. I love my work, but I've had more than my share of misunderstandings and uncomfortable situations that echo in the mind years later. Frequently, Joe and I will have evening conversations about the awkward interactions of our days and give input on what would have made the situation better. Usually, the answer is being together. So this Aww. is it, safety in numbers. Joe moved to America just over three years ago so we could get married and spend more than a week together at a time. While the outside world has been so chaotic and ever-changing, it's been comforting to go through all these changes with someone who sees the world the same way I do. Terrifying simply because there are other people around. <laughs> Um, since he moved here we've got married moved apartments I've changed jobs twice he's gotten a job changed his job to what he did in England that doesn't really exist in the US what do I hear? I know I'm intrigued a beef eater <laughs> um, we've bought him two cars bought a house and we've just saved enough to buy me a new car It's a lot of cars you got no. there um, through all these challenges Joe's been nothing but supportive the pandemic hasn't been easy for anyone but it's been so much easier for me having Joe around he gets me like no one else does that's what you want isn't Mm -hmm. it while living in America we've done our best to compensate for the lack of Britishness in everyday life we're fortunate to live in Buffalo a city with a shop owned by an English couple who make authentic British foods like fish and chips and pork pies Mm. Um, it's called Parker's if any of your UK transplant listeners are interested we also supplement with a few items from the European Stroke Ireland section of our local grocery shop. We uh, we still had fizzy iron brew oh. when no one else did. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. 
wonder why it's European slash Ireland. Yeah. Like Ireland isn't part of Europe. Yeah. Anyway, um, still, one of these, one of the things it's hard to make up for is that we haven't seen Joe's family since he moved here. They were supposed to visit in April of 2020, but that obviously didn't end up happening. We are hoping to visit them for Christmas this year, but as you know, it's hard to plan that far ahead with any degree of certainty. Knowing that it's unknown, Joe never complains. While I love complaining, he rarely does, unless I explicitly ask. As a drifter, one of the things Joe says most is, I'm sorry, but he really doesn't need to be. He is a people pleaser through and through and will bend over backwards no matter what he's doing to make sure I'm happy. This is as simple as feeding the cats in the morning before I'm even out of bed to calling customer service if I'm too afraid to make a phone call. Joe is so kind and caring and without this podication won't give himself the credit he deserves. He probably still won't, but hopefully he'll recognise what a positive impact he's had on my life. Uh, to Jeff and Annabelle, thank you for creating a podcast of self-support with my phone. To Sharon and Matt, thanks for raising a son who is unafraid to feel feelings, even if they're uncomfortable. And to Joe, thank you for being the best you can be each and every day. I love you. Mm-hmm. Please podicate the episode closest to the 14th of June, our third wedding anniversary. He is such a special guy. Happy wedding anniversary. I love seeing Joe from this angle. He sounds amazing. Yeah, these are people I like. Joe, Sharon, Matt. But um, seeing him through Michelle's eyes just gives us another dimension, doesn't it? And I'm liking it. Uh, Me too. Happy anniversary, the two of you. Um, We're recording this on the 14th, so you'll get it on the 15th. Mm -hmm. But I hope you had a really great day and um, love to you both. And I hope you get over to the UK at the end of this year. Fingers crossed. And... um, and there we go. If you like a podcast, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? Yes. You best uh, you best go oh, and um, okay. argue with the traffic warden. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 